actions antidotes, your antidote to the mindset that keeps you settling for less. In its essence, this podcast is really all about rethinking and being open to new possibilities on a wide range of areas of life, from how we set up work, how we set up our careers, how we set up our community and relationships, and how we set up our health. One of the big transitions that we've been seeing over the past decade is a transition that I've been observing from reactive to more proactive health. Reactive health is something we can think about along the lines of people get sick and then they go to the doctor to buy back their health. More people are coming up with solutions that are geared not toward buying back their health, but being more proactive, whether it's diet or exercise or whether it's other new technologies and other new products. Here with me today are Jackie Wetzler and her mom, Debbie Wetzler, who are involved in selling a product called ASEA, which is a cellular regenerative technology. We've heard people talk about cellular regeneration, cellular aging, and how that process impacts our health, as well as how that process and some of these technologies have the potential to help people with some of these other diseases, whether it be cardiovascular disease, cancer, and everything else. Welcome to the show, Jackie and Debbie. Thank, Thank you for having us. Let's start out by talking a little bit about this cellular regenerative technology and ASEA, the product itself, and how this breakthrough has the potential to change the way we look at our health. Okay. I was introduced to this technology 11 years ago, and I looked at what it was, and it, they were called redox signaling molecules, which I'd never heard of. And I found that they were made in almost every cell of your body. And they're the molecules that literally go and find damaged cells anywhere, send a very clear signal to the immune system with the address of where to go. So the immune system can then go find that damaged cell because our body's a cellular communication network, basically, and the body has to be told what to do. So the cells communicate for that reason. So the immune system can then come in and find the damaged cells and either repair or replace them. Mm -hmm. And so... I had never heard of them. And of course, we wanted validation. The friend who told me about this told me that it had saved three of her best friend's lives. Oh, wow. And so I trusted her completely, but I also wanted to know more about it. And I think as humans, we all want to know for sure ourselves that this is real. Mm -hmm. So I happened to have a very smart girlfriend. She was a molecular biologist that had graduated from Johns Hopkins, and she had done years of research at the National Institutes of Health. So I called her up. I drove to her house that night. I put the information down. I said, I just need to know, is this real? Have you ever heard of this? And she looked at me and literally almost fell off her chair. She said, Debbie, I've been wow. studying these molecules for 17 years. We've had scientists from around the world come to NIH to try to do this. Are you telling me that somebody was finally able to stabilize these molecules outside the human body in a bioactive form? And I looked at her and I said, Yes, like it was no big deal. And she said, you have no idea how massive this is. This will change the health field as you know it. And I remember just getting the chills. And she said, just take a look at this. This is a textbook. And she took a four-inch thick textbook down from her shelf. She said, I normally have this at work to do research, but I brought it home this weekend to do extra research. And you happen to come tonight. And I opened the textbook and it was all about redox molecules on every single page. And I was like, how do we not know about this if this is so big? And she said, virtually not too many people pay attention to science. And I said, oh. well, you're right about that. But she was the first one to tell me that the molecules are so tiny, they're four atoms big or smaller, and that they will cross the blood-brain mm -hmm. barrier. 
So she said, not only will you have amazing results in the body, but you're also going to have amazing results with all the mental problems that people have. So you can imagine what those are, memory Mm -hmm. loss, damage to the brain, whatever it is. So she told me all about it at that point. So that's how I was introduced. And once I found out that they'd done about $5 million worth of safety studies to prove it was completely non-toxic, couldn't harm anything, any living thing, then I started telling literally all my friends and family about it. So you were naturally telling people about it. And this is something that's come up in uh, previous episodes of this podcast. But if you're naturally going to tell people about it, and I had a previous guest say that if you really believe in something and you think it's going to be good for someone, it's almost doing them a disservice not to sell it to them. And not just almost, he's actually pretty clear on this particular point. You are doing them a disservice if you don't sell it to us. So one of the questions I have is, this might be a controversial topic in the end, but why is it that the general medical world or a lot of people have not heard about this new, this redox, this breakthrough that you're talking about? They know all about redox. They study it in medical school. It's not that it's Mm -hmm. that alternative. They don't know it's stabilized yet. That's what they don't know. So they've been trying to stabilize it. We came along, we stabilized it. We tried to be shut down by a pharmaceutical company so that it wouldn't get out because if you're healthy, you don't need drugs. They've tried to cover it basically because we're very disruptive. So that's what they don't know. They don't know it's stabilized. So they don't necessarily know everything that redox can do. We've been seeing it for 11 years. But doctors do study it starting in the Krebs cycle. I won't go into a lot of science or anything, but your mitochondria throw off reductants and oxidants, and they've combined those terms into redox now. So it's not alternative, really. It's something that your body produces all the time. And if you didn't, you'd be dead. So it's really that the scientists or some people are unaware of this technological breakthrough where rather than these redox molecules naturally existing within your body, or as some other people are pursuing the path of regenerating within your body, allowing it to be stabilized outside. Now, you said that there is a good amount of research and a good amount of safety trials. Is there a group of people that are aware of this due diligence that has been done around this product? There are thousands of people now. Our founder, and oh, by the way, why you need more of these in your body is that you start losing them at age 10 or about when you hit puberty. So you lose 10% per decade. So as you get older, you don't heal as quickly as a five-year-old. And most people do know that. And that's because you've lost a lot of these redox molecules and the cells and the signals get weaker as you get older. And so that's why replacing these can actually help you stay younger and help you heal much faster from anything that you're going with and or it protects you in the future. Because if your body is constantly finding damage and repairing and replacing it, then you don't usually get sick or have a disease or something like that. There are many, many doctors, thousands of doctors joined ASEA because they've seen, they've done their own due diligence. They've done their own studying. They know they studied it in medical school. Now they're looking to see what it does. That's our job in spreading the word to let people know that it is. And again, we had to be very careful to begin with because it's very disruptive and we didn't have the money to begin with to go up against the pharmaceutical company. Our founder was a strategic business genius and he was vice president of strategy for Kraft Foods. He knew how to run a company and a business. So he took this knowledge and had to decide the best way to get it out because he was going to sell it, like I said, to a pharmaceutical company. We're lucky in that he got it on 40 
people that were friends and family members of his who had major health challenges. And he just gave them the product and said, please try it. There's a perceived health benefit. That's all he told them. In two and a half months, they turned around in their health so phenomenally that they sent it to 135 more people in 20 countries. And he knew he had something here. So that's when he called the pharmaceutical company in. They took a look at all the studies he had and all the science and evidence he had at the time. We have a lot more now. And they said, we want this and we're prepared to give you a check so large you don't talk to anyone else. And if you take the check, you and everybody comes off the product immediately. And he looked at him and said, well, that's kind of harsh. Some of these people are only alive because they're on the product. And they said, pretty much that's the cost of doing business. We lose people all the time, let them go. And he stood up, looked him in the eye and said, I can't tell these people they can't have it anymore. So I'm going to have to turn down your check. At that point, it hit him. It was probably never going to come out. He thought to himself, if I don't start a company to get this out, the world will never hear about this. And I want the world to know about mm-hmm. this. It became an image and a vision of him to create a legacy for the world. That's what he wanted to be known for. And he certainly has, because this has turned around many people's lives. So he went home and he's brilliant. He did his due diligence and he found that the best way to tell people about this was exactly what had already happened with those 40 people. They ended up having such amazing hmm. results that, of course, they shared this with people. I would say, Jackie or Stephen, this is what this did for me. You might want to try it. It can't hurt you. And so that's how it spread. And so it became part of relationship or network marketing. And that's how he decided to get it out to the world. Because if you've had an experience like that, it's like using something like Windex and it cleans your windows, you tell people about it. Yep. So that's how this works. And I love that story about how the impact is more important than that check, because it's easy to just take that check. The impact, of course, is what he was really after. Now, Jackie, you sell these products alongside with your mother. What does selling a product that's helping people with their health and having these health outcomes that you observe with your customers or anyone else that you introduce to us mean to you? So my story is a little different. When my mom was introduced to this 11 years ago, I thought it was another snake oil, basically. I didn't take it serious. I didn't take the product serious. I was already young and healthy. I was 21 years old at the time. And so I didn't have this profound impact with the technology. And so I didn't take the product serious. I didn't take network marketing serious. I didn't take the whole company serious. It was through my own journey where I had become a news reporter and anchor and realized after doing that for about a year and a half, that was not my dream job. And so I was looking for something that would give me a purpose in life that would help people in a big way. I've always been into health and fitness and so forth. I didn't want the nine to five grind. I wanted to be my own boss. And I, of course, was craving that time and financial freedom being a young person. Mm -hmm. And so long story short, I ended up getting on the phone with this friend of ours, who's a life coach. And she said, Jackie, based on what you're looking for in the perfect job, you might want to talk to your mom. (laughs) Well, I rolled my (laughs) eyes (laughs) because I told my mom I would never do what she's doing. (laughs) But little did I know of how 
this technology has already impacted the world, the science behind it, and why it's being brought through network marketing. And the biggest impact is how big of an impact my own mother had been making, how many tens of thousands of lives she's touched and changed with this technology. So I just remember thinking to myself when I had gone to this event and seen that, I wanted to be my mom one day and make this big of an impact as well. So it's given us both a purpose in life and a mission to continue to share this and spread this throughout the world. A lot of people only look within themselves for impact. And of course, when you're young, when you're 21, that process that you're talking about, about losing these redox molecules is not really taking its toll. I remember when I was 21, I was able to stay out till 4.30 in the morning and then get up at 7.30 for the next day without batting an eye. You don't really see that impact until quite a bit later. But the ability to see how it impacts others can really bring something home. And so what are you seeing in the lives of the people that you're impacting and how does that impact your life? Sure. So like we said, these molecules really don't care what the damaged cell is called. Their primary job is to go find those damaged cells and signal the immune system where the immune system comes in and starts repairing and replacing those cells. So we've seen an impact with virtually any health challenge or disease that you can think of. So that's what makes this technology so incredible and unique is that it's allowing the body to heal itself. So that's where we see incredible miracles happen. And it really doesn't matter what the health challenge is called. And so Yes, I didn't have a profound impact myself, but it's by sharing it with others, knowing that I know now of how this can help them with whatever doctors call it. Whether it's called Alzheimer's, whether it's called cancer, whether it's called cardiovascular disease, all those things. And so first of all, a little overview, how does the product actually work when people take it? Is it a gel? Is it a pill? Is it... It's a liquid and a gel. And so you okay. drink it and you rub it. <laughs> it's really easy. And it's really based on your age and what's going on with your body is what we recommend of how much to drink this. People start with four ounces a day is kind of like the baseline of the drink. And then it's recommended to drink more if you're older than 50 and or have some health challenges. Mm-hmm. And then the gel came out four to five years later because they had to find a very benign clay to make these molecules into a gel version and still have them be redox molecules. And it came out for people's faces to look younger because it regenerates skin cells by 16%. And so in 28 days, you can see a difference with wrinkles and fine lines and skin texture, moisture, and elasticity all by about 20%. But then when people were rubbing the gel on their face, they noticed their head discomfort was going away. And so it's been incredible for any muscular joint discomfort as well. But we use a gel for Mm -hmm. virtually any damaged cell that's external as well to the body. So if you're feeling some sort of joint discomfort, and I say this because back in June, I did ride the Rockies. And when your neck is in the bicycling position for eight hours in a day, you'll feel some discomfort. And I actually reached for CBD oil myself as the way to counteract that. 
that's something you can kind of throw on to anywhere you're feeling discomfort. And one of the other things I'm wondering about the product itself is that, is there any other recommendations with the product, such as certain foods, certain dieting, certain exercise regimes, or is it just generally trying to be proactive and be healthy? Yeah. You're just replenishing something you've lost over time. So it's completely transparent to any medication as well. You're adding something that you lost over time. And so it's already inside of you. Mm. And we do talk to people about their health though. I mean, we suggest that especially if they've got blood sugar level issues or something like that, that they look into their diet. They make sure that they're eating properly, that they're getting enough sleep, that they're drinking a good water that's been filtered normally because our water systems aren't great in the country. We suggest if you're going to look at your health to look at everything, but this is just a way to protect you in the future by replenishing things that aren't being made in your body anymore. And I also need to ask about this one pet issue I have. I absolutely despise the afternoon energy crash. It's something that I've have had various levels of success. I saw a dietitian and helped for a while, but then I fell off the wagon. And a lot of it's like some combination of caffeine and sugar or whatever. Does ASEA help with that afternoon energy crash, or is it still important to control your caffeine and sugar levels? It absolutely controls it. One of the first studies they took it to was the North Carolina Research Institute with Dr. David Neiman, and they did a metabolite study on athletes. They were going to do it on athletes. Before they ever did any athletic ability, they found that it turned around so many metabolites and you went into fatty acid metabolism. Now, what that means is that you're now drawing from the fatty acids around your abdomen and your organ, and that leaves the glycogen in your brain and your muscles where it's needed so that Mm -hmm. your endurance is about 20% more. So you don't have those afternoon crashes that for athletes is spectacular because you can go about 20% further. You have a more volume of oxygen in your blood system and your lungs by about 12%. Steroids, which are illegal, give you about 3%. This is completely legal. (laughs) So you've got that and then you recover so much faster. And it also is balancing pretty much every system in your body. So it's balancing blood sugar level issues. So you're not having that crash. You don't need the sugar anymore. As a matter of fact, a lot of people don't crave sweets and stuff once they get on this because their body is balanced now. Since it goes to literally every system in the body and starts balancing it out, it's just amazing the way you feel on it. That is amazing. And given what you just said, I think this is a good point in time. I like to give my listeners a chance to get some more information if they're interested in the product or if they're interested in getting a hold of you. Where should anyone that has heard the impact of ASEA and wants more information go to? So people can contact me, whether they'd like to call me or text me. My number is 301-502-8716. Or my email is jwetzler116 at gmail.com. And so that's J-W-E-T-Z-L-E-R-116 at gmail.com. I'm kind of wondering about network marketing in general. Now you said that This product is being brought to people via network marketing out of necessity because literally these pharmaceutical companies were ready to pay you off to not have it there. They weren't even buying the product, which is what most people expect your standard exit story. So to bring everything via network marketing, how is that process kind of generally going? Are enough people 
hearing about it to have an impact on overall health? Or is there still kind of large portions? Because I remember I wasn't that aware of this whole thing several years ago. Well, we have had an impact. I mean, if people are worried about the opportunity, there's still, I'd say, 98% of the population that haven't heard about it. We are in 35 countries. We are in the top 50 network marketing companies in the world. So we're this big giant that nobody knows about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think part of that is because it is science and people kind of tend to shy away from science. You not only have to know what redox molecules are, you also then have to explain why you need them. So as opposed to maybe selling a vitamin or a mineral, people already know what those are. We've got to explain what it is and then why you need them again. So we're having a large impact. Like I said, we're in 35 countries. I'm in every country we're in at this point because the word just keeps spreading. Because again, when people have an impact, I'll just share one story that really was a watershed moment for me. Basically, I was with a doctor, a rheumatologist. We went up to Canada and he had gotten this product on a man with a neurological problem who couldn't really walk anymore, couldn't play his guitar, couldn't smile very well, couldn't speak very well. And he'd gotten this product on him a month earlier. And we went to his house and he said, will you come with me? I don't know what to expect because he was kind of new into this. And we knocked on the door expecting his wife to open the door. The man came to the door, fully walking, fully smiling. And I remember Bob kind of did a take back, a look back. And the man grabbed his hand and started thanking him. You can't believe how this has changed my life. I just can't believe it. I can't thank you enough. And oh, and Bob, I have to show you what I can do now. He took him back and he started playing the guitar. He hadn't been able to play it for seven years. And we come out and I'm jumping up and down. I looked at Bob and I said, Bob, we just really don't know what we have our hands on. And I looked at him and he was ash and gray. And I looked and I said, Bob, what's wrong? And he looked at me dead in the eye and he said, Debbie, you just don't understand. Doctors just don't see things like this. And he was so shaken that I had to drive him home that day. Mm. Now, when you're doing things that doctors have never seen, and there's a lot of things we could name, but it's not politically correct to, (laughs) that doctors have never seen, you've got something that you can help give your life more purpose because this just touches so many people and is changing the world. Now, you allude to some sort of aversion to the product around some people. What aspect of people's mindset do you encounter that would make people either more or less likely to at least approach this possibility in life, this product with an open mind, as opposed to, I think it represents a radically different way of looking at things. It represents something that some people naturally would think, okay, well, it's just something I drink, whatever. What are you encountering kind of on the ground with talking with people on a day-to-day basis? So some of the objections that we get are, it's too expensive. I'm not Mm -hmm. interested right now. I only listen to my doctor. I read about this online. It looks like a scam or salt water. And so you have to approach each objection with overcoming it. And so, well, is it too expensive? How expensive is your health worth to you? I'm not interested in it right now. Okay, well, it's all about timing for people and maybe it's not the right time for them. And I only listened to my doctor. Well, when Debbie first got started, there was about 2,000 peer-reviewed articles on pubmed.gov. 
on redox molecules. And now there's over 30,000 peer-reviewed articles of what redox molecules do for different health challenges. So it's a huge growing area of science. And so we tell people that have that objection, well, you can go to your doctor and tell them these are redox molecules. Now go and do your research on pubmed.gov. Mm-hmm. And then is it a scam? Is it salt water? Well, we've been validated <laughs> since the beginning that we're not saltwater. <laughs> we took it to several institutions and universities that say that we are redox molecules, including the Human Performance Lab in North Carolina. And lastly, Bioagilytics, which is a lab in the North Carolina Triangle that is run by PhDs. And they test eight out of the top 10 biotech and pharma companies to say what's in their product actually is. And so we say we're redox molecules. And so they stamp every gel and every liquid to say that we are redox molecules. And so if there's any articles out on the internet, Google is a bathroom wall of writing anything. Yep. And so we say, make sure you're doing good research, including Google Scholar or PubMed, mm-hmm. and look up what redox molecules have done for different health challenges. You'll see the studies there. If I may right. explain, if you look at the bottle, it is made up of salt and water. And that's what is in every cell of your body. And that's what your body makes it out of, the salt water. So just to explain briefly, your body takes the salt and splits it into sodium and chloride, and it takes the water and splits it into hydrogen and oxygen. Then your body reconfigures those into many different types of redox. If you know chemistry a little bit, I mean, then you've got things like O2, which is superoxide, and H2O2, which is hydrogen peroxide. Those are all redox molecules. So that's what the ingredients, it's like taking a loaf of bread and saying it's made up of eggs and yeast and flour and all that kind of stuff. But when you mix it and combine it, it becomes bread. Well, Mm -hmm. that's what we start with. That's why people think it's salt water. It's not salt water. It's redox molecules. I think this is a good conversation to have because anytime anyone tries to bring something new into the world, whether it be through entrepreneurship or any other type of endeavor, there's going to naturally be resistance. Everyone has their own version of it, whether it be the companies or whether it be attitudes that are slower to change. I kind of just generally think of this as this nebulous, like inertial process of resistance. People kind of wanting to go back and we're even starting to see a little bit of it in a weird, uneven fashion as we come out of this pandemic in different ways where some people are literally pushing for a return to everyone coming back to the office five days a week, eight to five, and other people are kind of embracing, okay, we learned a little bit more about remote work. We learned a little bit more about some of these other possibilities. What I'm wondering is to my listeners out there who have their ideas and the things that they want to bring into the world, what would you say is the best thing to think about as far as overcoming whatever resistance they're going to encounter as they try to bring their new products and services or events into the world? Well, it's a tipping point. If you've ever read the book or know about the tipping point, it's like when cell phones were first introduced. Everybody's like, why would I want to carry it? And then there were these huge clunky boxes that started and and they took up half of your car space if you had it in the car and stuff. And of course, as more and more people found out how convenient it was to have a phone and now we can't live without them, basically. Mm-hmm. So the resistance is that we're all resistant to new things. We just don't understand them. 
we're always afraid. People are always fearful of things they don't understand. That's our biggest job is to help people understand what this is so that the fear goes away and they understand that taking it can do nothing but help you. And it can turn you around financially if you choose to share this with your friends. It can at least pay for the product. So the overcoming objections about if it's too expensive for somebody, we can help them because, I mean, the first thing I thought about was all the people I knew and loved that had health issues. And I thought, okay, I've got to let them at least know about it. If they don't want to try it, that's fine. I was never going to be pushy. At least I felt the obligation to tell them about it. And Mm -hmm. most people came back and said, it sounds like the fountain of youth. Why wouldn't I try it? So they tried it. Well, that paid for my product very fast. And then it also helped me financially incredibly because I was a single mom and I had fallen into some bad times at the time. So anyway, it turned me around completely. So it's helped me in so many different ways. I like people who are open-minded. I'm always open to learning new things. So as a result, I learn about new things all the time. So I think if you're just open and there's not the resistance to just learning about this, you don't have to accept it. You can always say no. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, just be open-minded about things. Well, it's interesting. And it sounds like you're talking about this tipping point and reaching this tipping point. And it seems like whenever anything new comes in, whether it be that the cell phones that you're talking about, the advancement in health products that you're talking about, or even some changes in the work culture that we're observing, it's always going to start out with like these open-minded people. There's always going to be people that are ahead of the curve. And it sounds like it also takes a little bit of persistence to get to that tipping point. And that's the difference between people who bring things to the tipping point and people who just don't, because there is always going to be a time when you're going to want to quit. And there's going to be time you're going to say, all right, inertia, whatever these forces win. Do you have any messages for listeners out there who are maybe kind of going through something like that now, but it's taking a while for it to really catch on. It's taking a while for it to reach an audience or get to that tipping point where it really starts to succeed and make the impact that you would initially envisioned for your idea? So I would tell people out there to keep going. We always tell people to always remember why they started. And so going back to their why has to be strong enough to get up every day and continue to share it with people. We think of ourselves as just educators. We're never trying to convince anybody to try this. It's totally up to them. We Mm -hmm. just want to give them enough information to make an informed decision to see if this is right for them or not. And so if you can have a strong backbone and not care about the outcome, I would say that's my biggest tip to people. I love that. Go back to your why and stop worrying so much about the outcome because oftentimes it's said, focus on what you can control, right? You can control how many people you're talking to about something. I can control how many business cards I put out. And people's reactions to something oftentimes is more of a reflection of themselves than a reflection of you and what you're saying. And one other thing I want to cover because I have this kind of futurist mentality is your thoughts about the future of the healthcare system, the medical world. We know that a lot of people are complaining about the high cost of healthcare insurance premiums, the high cost, like how having a major problem, whatever that problem's called, whether it's called cancer, Alzheimer's, anything else, can lead people into bankruptcy through hospital bills. And it seems to me that this and any other more preventative has the potential to help with those problems. 
Where do you see the, the entire world of health insurance, healthcare? Got to be careful because healthcare is different from health insurance, but the entire world and the entire world of our health in general, our obesity, our physical health problems, our mental health problems, the depression, everything else going through ASEA and any other similar initiative that may be happening out there that you're aware of? Well, I think the healthcare system in our country needs to take examples from places like Japan, number one in the world in health. Mm. And they're all about prevention. They pay their doctors when they're well. If they get sick, the doctor isn't doing their job. So then they stop paying them then. Oh, wow. So it's a different incentive. It's completely different. So it's so much more cost-effective to prevent a disease. Years ago, when I read an article in Time Magazine about the cost of having cancer, was $80,000 a year. That was years ago. I don't even know what it is now, but that's the cost. But insurance can't continue to pay for all this stuff either. So if we're Mm -hmm. much more proactive about our health and we keep ourselves healthy, it's so much more cost-effective. That's why I've never thought about this as being expensive. This is helping me maintain my energy, my youth. I haven't had a health challenge. I mean, you can still get sick on this, definitely, but I haven't had any kind of health challenge or anything in years because of this. How many doctor's visits did that save me? How much has that kept me from going in the hospitals and all the costs related to that? How many sick days have I had? None. That's very cost-effective. I can continue to work. So it's so much cost-effective to prevent things from happening and be proactive of your health as opposed to getting a disease and having to deal with that. What do you think is the biggest barrier in the majority of people in the U.S., whether it's in the U.S. or any other country, going to exclude Japan from this, as you just described, from being a little bit more proactive and preventative about their health? I I feel like if I would think about the majority of people, they're like, okay, I'm going to get a gym membership and maybe do Whole30 or something like that. But what keeps things the way it is and the inefficient way where we're buying back our health from the doctor as opposed to being more proactive? I think people need to remember how good they felt as children when they were running around all day and just had tons of energy. I think people, they're under a great deal of stress now. We have a pandemic, we have political stuff, we have everything happening. And this is around the world. It's not just here. And so people, I think, get almost lazy and they go through their whole day and then they come home and they want to sit back, have a beer and watch TV. Mm -hmm. And you can get in the habit of doing that very easily. You know, it's nothing but bad for your health. So you have to be really interested in staying healthy and maintaining your health and feeling really good. Because when you're healthy, you feel really good and it helps your whole mental thing you're much happier. You're not depressed normally. So I would say just try to remember back to when you were young and try to want to be that way again. Jackie, do you want to add anything? I would just say people don't usually do anything until they have to, Oh (laughs) yeah. until it's too late. So for myself starting so young, I'm being proactive. I commend myself and I wish people had the same mentality as myself. What I'm wondering is, in order for us to get to where we want to be, because being more proactive about health will make healthcare cost better, but it also has a lot of really good quality of life implications when you don't have that afternoon crash, when you're healthier, how you felt when you were young, all that. 
What I'm wondering is if whether or not two things are required based on this conversation so far. One is a change in the incentive structure, which you talked about with Japan. And also number two is whether or not a change in lifestyle, because I've often lamented the idea of the person who wakes up, drives to an office, sits at that desk for nine, 10 hours, then drives home. And as you said, gets a beer, watches TV the whole night and gets into that rut. So do you think those two things are necessary changes for us to get to a more preventative healthcare system? Absolutely. Yeah, I do. I think if companies saw maybe a way to look at people's sick days, maybe, and they pay people a little bit more if they were healthy and they had less sick days, that might be one incentive we could start with Mm -hmm. the companies. Insurance is already that way. I mean, if you make less claims, you usually pay less in insurance. So we could start with that also. And working from home, I think there was a relaxation to some degree when people were forced to be home and had to work remotely. And they saw the benefits of maybe being around their family a little bit more, having more family time, having really good thoughts, feelings. And I know (laughs) kids can be disruptive and stuff, but I think the overall, Mm -hmm. it was really nice. So I think hopefully companies are going to allow some more remote time so that they aren't always in carpools or in traffic. And that's so stressful. Maybe they can work at home two or three days a week and take away some of that stress. And again, network marketing is something that you can work from home if you do this full-time, all the time, basically. Mm -hmm. It's always nice to go meet people and we do that, but it's really nice to have a home-based business. It's also nice tax-wise because you can write off a lot more if you've got a home-based business. So the tax benefits are amazing. I've saved a lot because of the home-based business. So there's a lot of reasons to kind of look into that too, even adding it as a second stream of income to your first stream, because you can do this. I had 20 minutes a day when I built mine. That was it. And I built it to a six-figure income in just a little over a year. So it was just something that you can do it very part-time and stuff. So I think if people can relax and maybe have some more time at home and not be as stressed in no matter what they do. Jackie, you talked earlier about not wanting that nine to five. So you've been able to also build a home-based business. How do you think that that has impacted your ability to be proactive about your health? So you can set your own schedule. I can be home if I'd like to, if I can go to the gym when I want to, I can cook my own meals and not always go out. Alongside that, I can travel when I want to. Who doesn't like to travel? (laughs) I don't have kids now, but that's what I was looking for is, do I want the option to be a stay-at-home mom or go to my kids' sporting events? I don't have a boss, so I don't need to ask time off. I have that residual income as well. And so I don't need to necessarily worry about my next paycheck and where that's coming because I'm sharing this product and people continue to take this product. It's minimal risk and a low startup for building your own business. And we always say, what better way to make a living while making a difference? Hmm. That's awesome. And then one last statement for any listeners out there who maybe have had some of these things resonate with them about the proactive health is some of the things saying, yeah, I remember what it was like when I was younger. I remember not having that afternoon crash. I remember having 
all sorts of energy, even if like what I said about when I was 21, being able to stay out until 4.30 in the morning and then wake up at 7.30. And not that I'm advocating losing sleep because sleep has been shown to be important. And I've had previous guests describe the importance of sleep, but resonating about having that youthful feeling and wanting to have that wake up call and say, okay, I need to stop watching TV with beer and start doing something else. Even if it is just going to the park and taking a walk with a friend, any messages for those people, what things that they should all be considering at this point in time? Well, I think the first thing you need to do is decide, make a big decision, sit down with yourself and maybe make a list of all the pros and all the cons of being healthy. Maybe if you saw it in writing in front of you, you could at least strategize and then you have to make a decision. Things become a habit when they're repeated over and over again. Well, there's a book called The Slight Edge. If you do just something, a little bit of something every single day, by the end of the year, you've done an enormous amount. Every single day doesn't seem to be. And there's another book called, I think, Chain Reaction. So the man went out and he said, I'm going to take a walk every single day. Mm. So he did a half an hour walk to begin with. And that was the first chain in his link. And he didn't look at it as I'm going to be doing this for a whole year or anything. He looked at it as every day. So the next day he got up and said, okay, I'm going to take my walk. He added the second link in his chain. So it was something that his mindset chained over time. And so the third day he woke up and he took another one. So there's a third link in his chain and he was just building a chain until it became a habit. And he felt so good and he felt horrible if he didn't take a walk that day. And so it changed his whole health. He lost weight. His heart was healthier. He was just a completely different person. And looking back in a year's time, he was able to walk now for an hour and many more miles because he got faster and everything. And he just became healthier and healthier. But he didn't think about it in the long term. It was just a daily thing that he just changed a little bit every single day and started eating better and stuff like that. So if you could think about it and do like a little chunk, like how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Because just that little bit of weight gone, you just start feeling better and better. So I think if you could just do something a little bit every day, it would help you. Because there's little changes. Right. Jackie, anything to add or? Yeah, no, absolutely. When you look better, you start to feel better. And so absolutely. When you make a decision and you decide and you stay consistent, you'll see results. It's a little change every day, just a little change every day. Think about it day to day. And also that connection between the spiritual or mental feeling and your physical body. Jackie, Debbie, I'd like to thank you both for joining us today on Actions Antidotes and telling us all about ideas for how we can be more proactive about our health, about a new medical, well, relatively new, new to most people right now, medical breakthrough around kind of the cellular regeneration process and how it could kind of impact everyone's lives. I would like to thank everyone out there for listening and stay tuned for more episodes of Actions Antidotes, where I talk to more people who are going out there and making impacts and choosing a, I'd say, less conventional method of living their lives, although it may become more and more conventional over time. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for having us, Stephen. We greatly appreciate it.